This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you in the house of God today. Um, Last week was Missions uh, Sunday. And this is, is mission. We're on a mission this week as well. You know, Sin and I were at an event, um, totally spiritual. It was a horse sale. And uh, <laughs> some of you are having trouble with that, but that's okay. God goes to natural things, natural events. And. Uh, uh had an interesting conversation there was uh, um there was a a young lady there uh that we interacted uh with just as we just before we were getting to leave and she was a christian girl involved in ministry uh all of the discussion of course went to you know uh happenings um in our world today and how that affected him saying uh, you know, go to a small church. The church, um, you know, really never intended to have a, a media ministry. But as with us, most most churches are were forced out beyond the four walls into that into that field, which has been a good thing, but also a very challenging thing. And and she was so sincere. She said, "I I thank the people that were involved in." Uh, in that, um, in our local church, because said that they had people in their um, immediate family that were high risk. So, of course, you know, they made the decision uh, to um, not attend the in-house um, services, but to take advantage of the online. But she said, I wanted them to know how thankful and how grateful we were for that lifeline into our lives, and also was very uh, rejoicing uh, that, uh, you know, that um, though there weren't so many in the house, that they were reaching far, far more people through the medium of media. So I want to present to you, uh, again, listen, we're, our, uh, our intention uh, this next year is what we've heard from the Lord that next year should, will, will be an expansion year. So we want to expand uh, this. And I think the first thing is to expand the quality uh, and allow God to then expand the quantity. You know, um, we, we, are, we have worked with what we have. We'll continue to do that. I believe that's a powerful principle. Start where you're at with what you have. Uh, but I believe this, that God uh, will um, enable us, empower us, give us, he will equip us, give us uh, the resources that we need to upgrade this situation. I, I don't believe that how we're doing and what we're doing right now is God's highest and best uh, for us. And uh that there's more and better available. So we want to do that. Again, There's a, a it's inside of $3,000. You can mark on, a, a, and this is strictly be an offering, a free will offering of the people of God. If your heart stirs you, 
where that is concerned. You're sowing really completely away from yourself because you're here. Uh, you know, this is for those that are not here, uh, but that need to hear what's happening here. Amen. And we want to uh, present the gospel uh, well. And there's nothing wrong with having a better one, a greater one. Amen. Uh, so that would include a, a, uh, an upgraded camera. We thank God for John. John, is. I'll tell you, that man is such a, such a blessing uh, to our life. Um, uh, but we want to give him, and, and he uses his own personal uh, uh, phone and things. We we really want to upgrade and give God, uh, John more to work uh, with. So that upgrade is, is going to be a camera that's standardized. It will not just be for this, but will also be for some training uh, and uh, even Bible school uh, type sessions uh, for leadership, membership, for any ship <laughs> that wants to wants to put in the river with us, uh, as well as some things that are needed and necessary uh, for live streaming. Uh, it won't just be the camera, but there'll be some things that are needed computer-wise, things like that. So you pray about that. If the Lord speaks to you, just obey God, and I know you'll be blessed, amen, and being a blessing. Well, let's look at the Word of God. I, I'm so happy. Well, Pastor, why are you happy? Well, you know, don't you know what's happening? Oh, I'm never going to base my happiness based on, on what's happening. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have the joy of the Lord because I'm in the kingdom. And the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. Oh, I can honestly say that in the kingdom, uh, it's going to be all right. It's all going to turn out all right. Amen. Because our Father is always right. The judge of all the earth will do what is right always. Amen. Uh, and uh, you, if you've chosen him, then I'm going to tell you what now. Uh, you just chose to be provided for, protected, uh, taken care of, well taken care of. But God will not deal with the righteous the same way that he does with those who have rejected or don't choose him. Amen. But his purpose is to show the difference. Remember, he chose the... Uh, to graft in the Gentiles or those who are outside of God uh, to make those that thought they were inside jealous so that they would want what we have. Amen. And we're so thankful uh, for that. Everything God does is redemptive. So we can have joy. The Bible says when all kinds of things are going the wrong way, the right way to deal with those things is to count it all joy. Count it joy. Well, the only way you can count it joy is to Look at it from the kingdom side. Be in the kingdom side. Stay with the kingdom. We will not agree on all kinds of different there are differences in perspective and position even within the body of Christ, uh, doctrine and different things like that. But the one thing that we can agree on is that there's one God, there's one way, his name is Jesus, and there's only one kingdom and there's one faith in him. That's it. Amen. So uh, let's... Uh, look at this today, and I want to entitle this Certain Amidst Uncertainty. We certainly are in uncertain times. There's an uncertainty uh, about uh, what, will ha- what is happening and what will happen next, but there are some things that we can be certain about. One of them is the Word of God. The Word of God is... The rock, 
It's the anvil upon which all the hammers beat, but the hammers are worn out, and the rock and the anvil stays the same. One thing you can be certain of, God's word is true, and God is true to his word. So we're going to look to the word, and this is our prayer. The Bible says that uh, we should pray in the spirit, by the spirit of God, talking there about your uh, heavenly prayer language. And if you uh, if you have not yet uh, received it, you may be like the believers that Paul met in the book of Acts. He said, have you re- yet received the Holy Spirit? And they said, no, we didn't even know there was such a thing as the Holy Spirit. We believed on Jesus. He said, oh, my friends, there's more. And there certainly is more than just uh, the uh, born-again experience. There is the infilling of the Spirit of God where the Helper comes to reside on the inside of you, fills us to the full of the overflowing. The proof of that is that you will, my friend, I unapologetically say that you need the Holy Spirit. And the evidence of that would be that he'll give you a supernatural uh, prayer language of praying in other tongues. Now, before you Baptists and Methodists, and I've been both. Now, I was christened a Methodist. I got saved in a Southern Baptist church. Before you turn me off now, see, I'm here to tell you that this Methodist boy knows that there is much more. Amen. Is it? Don't let your don't don't let your little badge be a, a you know stumbling block for more of God. Amen. Just want more of God and uh, go to the Bible and look these things uh, up and just ask God if these things be true. Have you received the Spirit of God uh, since you believed? And uh, there is more since you believed. Amen. Go on ahead and believe God all the way. So we're going to look at. Uh, the Ephesians. So the Bible says, Paul said, I will pray in the Spirit or by the Spirit of God, but I'll also pray with my understanding. So here is a Spirit of God authored prayer, and, and so that we can come into an understanding and a place of agreement, I'm going, to, I'm going to read this, and as I read this, I'm praying this, and I hope that you will follow along with me and agree with me. One thing that we should be able to agree on is the Word of God. This is the will of God. This is what God wants. This word is his will, but it's also his way. So it says so this, because of this, since I first heard about your strong faith, Ephesians 1 and 15, in the Lord Jesus and your tender love towards all his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you. As I constantly remember you in my prayers, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, that is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. And then he adds onto this, uh, to bring a, a greater context 
the purpose of all that I prayed is that I want you to live in this reality. He says, uh, this mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he, Jesus, is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned every, over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth and that which fills him who is being filled by it. Now this runs right into Ephesians, uh, over into um, Ephesians 2, which we will visit again. But I want to turn over to Colossians, the first chapter, and uh, beginning with the 12th verse. Now, I hope you don't mind uh, my reading scripture and more than just a piece or a portion that might fit my personal situation or might be pleasing to your ears or might justify either one of us in our positions. But the word of, uh, of God uh, is a treasure above all treasure. The word of God is the will of God. It's how he makes himself known to us. And, you know, to be scriptural, you should have some scriptures. Are you listening? It, it, we should, I'm a little leery. You know, religious uh, spirits speak. And uh, there'll they'll be a trace of truth, but boy, you've got to dig long and hard to find the piece of chocolate in the ice cream. Are you listening? Uh, if I order chicken... You know, off the Chinese menu, uh, menu with, uh, uh, you know, with the noodles. Sugar, I don't want to have a scrap of chicken and just a whole bunch of noodles. Are you listening? Hallelujah. Give me some noodles with my chicken, not some chicken with my noodles, so to speak. Give me the truth of God. Pure, unadulterated, plain and simple. Amen. Uh, 200 proof truth. You don't need to water it all on down. Well, let's move forward here. And how would we do that? Well, the, the scriptures. Because the Holy Spirit bears witness to the truth. The word is the truth. So when we read the word, we trust that the Holy Spirit will be bearing witness. He will be leading and guiding. He will be speaking out of the truth that is in Jesus, that is of Jesus, that is uh, from Jesus, will be released to us. Because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we ought to have the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. These are the kind of days when the only news that you can really use is the good news that the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to turn off some of the other stuff. 
Because the mixture, or listen, it's delusional and deluded to the degree that, you know, the Spirit of God will say, ah, we're going to have to look somewhere else. We're going to have to look somewhere else to find truth. Because how many of you know, if you have more truth than error, your life's going to certainly be better. But if you have more error than truth, well, then you know the how many of you know what I'm talking about? All right, Colossians 1, verse 12. Through. Now, here's the job of a pastor. And I know that, the, that during these days, many people don't need a pastor after all. You know, uh, who made you to, uh, you know, uh, that you should teach us? Well, you know, pastors are still God's idea, even if, you know, uh, you know uh, it's, it's the way that God does things. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, vital union with Jesus, are you listening, is that you're going to be in relationship with a shepherd who is an under-shepherd of the shepherd. And if that's not in your life, well, you know, you can wander around in the wilderness and be kept and survive, but your life will never be planted as was planned and purpose, and you'll never thrive. You just won't never get to where God could take you because, see, God always has a leader to take you into the promised land. And for the people of God, that leader, the first leader in your life is a shepherd. There needs to be some consistency where that is concerned. Amen. Because the best shepherds know you've got to put sheep on fresh grass. That's the healthiest thing. See, you don't let them just stay where they're at and gnaw it down to the ground. They'll pick up bugs and worms and fleas and ticks. And Let's move forward, shall we? Amen. But a real pastor will feed you with knowledge, not just not just. Not not just so that you can know about God, but that you would, but God would be revealed to you. See, a real under shepherd trusts in the work of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have to manipulate you. He doesn't have to, you know, argue and fuss. Now I you, now I've been through all that. See, that's why you need a pastor that looks like this. Uh, you know, has had some time with the Lord and some experience. Not a novice. You know, I found. That uh, a lot of mistakes have been made with me putting novices in in place, and they fall under the con- they fall under the condemnation of the devil. They get, you know, lifted up in pride, not realizing. Listen, you know, God has an anointing and a grace to feed His people, but after a while, you know, you, your character, uh, you know, your gift may get you there, but it'll be your character that keeps you there. You've got to have enough character to stay in the place that grace will bring you. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, what is success? Oh, success is that you're still succeeding. Still with Jesus. Still have faith in him. You're still protected. 
You're still provided for. You're still knowing him even more intimately. You're still receiving the inheritance because if you think where you're at and all that God has done for you is all that God has for you and, and all that the, and, and that there ain't no place else more to go, I'm telling you, oh my, don't buy that lie. We're not going to live in that lie. God hadn't even hardly got started good yet. <laughs> Oh, God doesn't measure your life in years. We do, but God measures your life. The ends are kicked out. It's infinite. It's forever. It's a long, long way to go. A lot more God has for us. Amen. Well, pastors are anointed. There is an anointing that is that's a, a grace that's given from God. It's an empowerment that's uh, from God. And that anointing is the person of the Holy Spirit who gives the words but also does the works, reveals Jesus, shows us the Father. Amen. Helps us, strengthens us to live in the light that God gives us. A real pastor will feed us with knowledge, revelation knowledge, but also understanding. Is it important that we understand some things? Oh, absolutely. Now, the Bible says by faith we understand, but now listen, there is uh, there is believing in the heart, but there also is the renewing of the mind, and without the renewing of the mind to the believing in the heart, there will be no transformation in the life. Should our lives be transformed? Well, they've been translated out of darkness are you listening? Which we're about to read. And into the light, should there be a transformation that bears witness to that, that is evidence and proof of the translation, shouldn't there be a transformation? I think that there should be. Now, let's look at this. Uh, Colossians 1 and verse number 12. It says this, your hearts, and again, this Colossians, there's a powerful prayer here. We just prayed Ephesians, so we'll, we'll have to pray this one later, all right? But you do it for your homework. I'm reading out of, the, uh, out of the Passion Translation. It says, your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. He has rescued us completely. From the tyrannical rule of darkness. One translation says the authority of darkness. One translation says the power of darkness. They're all the same thing. Rule, authority, power. All right. We have been rescued completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. Now that's how God. When Be joyful when we think about how God did this. He did it through the blood of Jesus. He did it through the sacrifice of Jesus. He made you worthy who were unworthy. Me, me who was unworthy was made worthy by the worthiness of Jesus. I was worth it to him. I was worth what it cost to buy my life, to redeem my life, to ransom my life. To, and that meant that I no longer stood on the slave block to uh, underbid to the highest bidder. Are you listening? 
that God paid the highest price. He came into the thing saying, I'm going to bring you home with me. You are not going home with anybody else. You are not going to be under the rule and the dominion and the authority of, the, of anyone else except me. I am going to set you free. I already predetermined before the foundation of the world, I would come for you. I would get you. You listen to me today out there. There is nothing that you have done that cannot be redeemed by the power of the blood of Jesus and faith in his name. You do not believe the lie. I cancel that out right now in the name of Jesus. I send the truth of God's word to you right now. Listen to this. There is nothing and there is no one that can keep you from believing in the good news of Jesus Christ and that truth coming to be a reality and in a moment in an instant time listen if the devil coulda he shoulda but he can't because the minute you believe you are translated out it is not a, a long transition it is the second you put your trust in Jesus you no longer belong to the devil you are no longer under the authority of darkness light comes to your heart Jesus is the son of God he, he shed his blood on that cross and that blood has bought my redemption. Tell the truth about it. Now the Bible says this, we have now the option and the opportunity, as the scripture says, uh, has been, our inheritance has been freely given to us by living in the light. You have the option and the opportunity to come out of darkness by living, choosing to live in the light. Now let's go back to Ephesians if we can, and I want to start again just as a reminder in 21 uh, and 22. It says, and he alone, this Jesus Christ, he alone, God's chosen leader. Don't you think we ought to have God's chosen leaders in our life? Amen. Now, I know, you know, uh, people love heroes. People, uh, you know, some people love politicians. They need to be loved. They need the love of God. Amen. <laughs> oh, come on, church, now. Everybody ought to know. Amen. Even them. Even them. Even your worst enemy. Even your very best friend. See, we, uh, but people love heroes. And people have a tendency, we want a king so we can be like all the other nations. Well, you know, uh, there is only one king worth following. There's only one king worth choosing to be the ruler over your life, and that would be Jesus Christ. Men will come and go, but Jesus is forever. Men may come and go. You, you better answer that. It's probably God. Oh, saying, you better listen. This is my son. You better listen to him. Amen. All right. Um, he alone, he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. So, so you know, uh, the church needs Jesus to lead. We, want to we need to follow the leadership of Jesus and let Jesus be our source. Our source of information, our source of transformation. Praise the Lord, everybody. 
And God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. See, Jesus is Lord when he is before all and he is above all. And that's a personal choice in our life, isn't it? You know, I have, I have friends, I have families that that's not the choice they've made for their life. But that doesn't change the choice I've made for my life. And my hope in is living in the light, living this life that God gives, with God as the source, and Jesus as my leader, that that would enable them, give them an opportunity to see that the option is there for a difference for their life. Because I'll tell you, with God is a whole lot better than without God. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth, and that which fills him who is being filled by it, chapter 2. And, so this is a connective statement. They changed the chapter, started a new verse, but but the thought and the, the, uh, the, the train of reasoning is the same here. And his fullness fills you. Even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses, it wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world. Obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. Verse 4, but God still loved us with such great love. Now, let's look at the... um, Let's look at this, um, the context and the condition that the Bible outlines here. It says we were translated into, we're loved and saved by God's wonderful grace in the kingdom. We're now in the kingdom, living in the light, united with the very life of Christ. And we'll read down through the raised up with Christ in the heavenly realm and This would be our new position. Let me read this. It says, But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Aren't you glad? Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated with, as one, with Christ. Now, now I want you to see our position. We're translated from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son, which is a kingdom of light, living in the light. We're living in the light of God, united with the very life of Christ, raised up with Christ. And we're seated with him in the heavenly realm. Our position should then condition our perspective. This is to be our perspective that we see as God sees. We see the world through the word. 
We see the world through the word. We see ourselves with God, together with God, together seated with Jesus Christ. The same position, so we should have the same perspective. Now, now there's going to now he's going to contrast because there is a difference. He talks about in these scriptures there's the earthly realm. What are the descriptions of the earthly realm? Well, it says that that is where we have been translated from. It says you used to live in the religion, in the customs, in the values of this world. And he said, in this world, you're subject to the power of darkness. In the kingdom, you're no longer subject to the power of darkness. It has no power over you because you're living in the light. You have Jesus' light, the revelation of Jesus. See as God sees, know as God knows, understanding as God knows. You have the word, which is what? A lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Are you listening? I'm not taking this out of context. I just pulled these phrases out of what we just read. There is an earthly realm. And there's a heavenly realm. You've been translated out of the position and the perspective. Now, you're still here. Understand that. Your body is still here. Your spirit living in your body with a soul still living here. Now, why didn't God just jerk you up and take you to heaven? Because there's other folks that need to see what happened to you so they can believe it can happen to them. Because this is simply a test of trust. This is the one opportunity where we have the option to choose Jesus in this life for the life that is to come. We're all headed to heaven. The issue is not whether we're all going to actually get to heaven. We are. But are you going to stay? Are you going to stay? Are you going to live forever in the presence of God? Or separated from God? So there is an earthly realm. He describes that. It says you once were dead. Spiritually. Dead to God. In the dark. Lived in the religion, the customs, and the values of this world. Subject to the power of darkness. Obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm. The darkness of that realm. It said obeying. And it said this. It said this is. Uh, it said this filled the earthly realm. The atmosphere was filled with the dark ruler. With his authority. Filled with it. The whole atmosphere controlled under the power of darkness. And it describes that old earth life. It describes what life is in that kingdom realm of the earth, of the earthly realm under the power of darkness. It says this, that we're in darkness, we're disobedient to the truth of God. Corruption, that we're born, the corruption is in us when we're born in this natural realm. That's why we have to be born again into the spiritual realm. In the, born again into the new kingdom with the new king, the ruler of the light. 
See, it says this corruption, how you know it's corruption, it's expressed in the deeds, the deeds, the disease, the deeds and the desires of the self-life, living for self. Living by whatever natural cravings and thoughts that our minds dictated. See, in the, in the earth realm, the mind, the intellect, see, uh, that's... R- reigns supreme, the intelligence of man. Well, the Bible says that the greatest day of the intelligence of man, see, can't hold a candle to God's most foolish day. The wisdom of God is far above. The the wisdom of man can't even hold a candle to the foolishness of God. Yet the Bible says the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to those that are perishing, that are corrupted, that are dying, that are under the dominion of darkness. See? It says the cravings and thoughts that our minds dictated living as rebellious children. Is it possible to live a rebellious life, rebelling against the truth of God? It says this. The, pers- the position and perspective then is just subject to the power of darkness, ruled by the dark ruler, but also the scripture went down and said that we are subject to God's wrath like everyone else. Now, I know that, that religion has taught us that God is a loving God and that he has no wrath, but I'm going to tell you what now, there's some stuff that makes God angry. Amen? There, there's some things that God is against. There's some things that are in rebellion to the truth of God, and you know, uh, <laughs> you know, you you don't have to fear the law, so to speak, what's right or wrong, the authorities. If you do right, it's only the wrongdoers. Amen. You know, there were times that my natural daddy loved me, but I didn't. But I got on the wrong side of his pleasure. There were times he got angry at me, and I suffered the wrath of my dad. Now, why? It was because he loved me, not because he hated me, that he disciplined me. Are you listening? And he disciplined me enough to the uh, to the place where the little painful lesson would going to be far save me from the far greater pain of a life lesson that if I continued in that rebellious track against what was right, the truth of what was right, I would wind up making a wrong choice, and a wrong choice will bring wrong consequences. It'll bring wrong things, wrong people, wrong places, wrong. How many of you have ever made a wrong choice? How many of you have ever uh, realized, well, that was the wrong thing? How many of you know that, it, that, how many of you followed that on through stubbornly and stupidly trying to justify yourself? Are you listening? Until you got down into the, uh, all the way to the pig pen, all the way down in the pit of that, and then you had to say, God, <laughs> you were right. I was wrong. And that quick, God pulled you up out of there. Things turned around that quick. You headed for home and the father was looking for you. I mean, he'd been waiting for you. All he was waiting for you to say was, I'm right, you're wrong. That's all he wanted to do. Are you listening? You know, humility, it doesn't have a hard time saying, I'm sorry, God, you were right and I was wrong. Well, how'd you figure out you're wrong? Oh, wrong things happened. 
How many of you been in things where, you know, uh, you just, in, you know, you knew the Spirit of God was just saying, this is wrong. Everybody you talked to in council with said, this isn't right. This is wrong. But how many of you traced that back to the place where you got off the road where you chose a wrong direction, a wrong decision, a wrong direction, wound up in a wrong destination and a wrong destiny? But I'm so glad to tell you at any time the option and the opportunity for change is available at any point in time. Oh, I'm so, that makes me very happy. Amen. How about you? But it says, like everyone else. said, so you were in this stuff, in darkness, like everyone else. Are light and darkness different? Are they distinct? Are they distinguishable from one from another? Well, only, only if you have eyes to see. Because, you know, eyes will adjust to the levels of light or lack thereof. Now, I believe this, that they are absolutely, absolutely in position and perspective that there is a difference. I want to give you an example of this. I'm going to read out of the, uh, I hope you have, do you have enough time? We're probably past your uh, five-minute warning here. Five minutes, you know, uh, I've been feeding on all the commercials on the TV set, so I have 30 seconds that I can pay attention. I'm not being unkind. I'm just saying, perhaps we could use a little heavier dose of some ability to focus for more than a few minutes. Perhaps we, perhaps we, we, we might take the journey all the way today with God and get everything that he has for us. So would you like to see an example of this? Because right now, you know, I was so glad when I, I, um, uh, I went to a vocational, uh, half of my high school years were given to a vocational uh, training, and uh, uh, it was farm country. We were, most all of us were dairy farmers, so they, they had an agricultural um, program. And so a uh, bunch of farm boys, you know, and we had classroom time. We had to do classroom half of the day, you know, required subjects, uh, English and history and math. And then the afternoon we would go to the agriculture, and there'd be a little bit of classroom time, but then, oh, man, they go, let's go to the land lab. We had 40 acres where we got to go out there and apply everything we were learning. Or we got to go visit, you know, uh, uh, a farm and these types of things. But there was there was the... There was the book learning, but then there was the life learning. Amen. Can we go to the life learning now that we've had some book learning? You got pretty excited in some portions of the of the life learning until it got down into the oh me part. But that's all right. No, you can't just take the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, this little bit. You got to drink, you know, all the way down to the bottom of the glass. Amen. So let's finish this, shall we? Here's an example, Second Kings, and this is the sixth chapter. And this is an accounting of, it says, one time, eighth verse, one time when the king of Aram was at war with Israel after consulting with his officers, he said, at such and such a place I want to, an ambush set. 
the holy man sent a message to the king of Israel, watch out when you're passing this place because Aram has set an ambush there. So the king of Israel sent word concerning the place of which the holy man had warned him. Will God warn you about what the enemy's trying to do to you? Absolutely. This is life in the light. The revelation. Are you listening? This kind of thing happened all the time. This should be the new normal for the child of God. The kingdom you're in is the, is the kingdom of light. And you're not taken by surprise. You're not. You know, uh, you just don't fall headlong into snares and dangers and pitfalls of the enemy. God will tell you beforehand, don't go there. The devil set a trap that he'll say, don't say that, don't do that. Cut that thing, cut those folks loose. The the new normal ought to be is we're led by the Spirit of God as the sons and daughters of God, not little tiny children under the schooling of the law. There's a time for that. But at some point in time, honey, you've got to grow up and learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, discern His voice, know the Spirit of truth will always tell you the truth. And whenever you're listening to someone or you're involved in a thing and the Holy Ghost goes, eh, you know, I mean, used to years ago watch the bong show. People would come out and do their stuff, and you know, they'd get over there, and all of a sudden the bong would go off. And what'd that mean? Ant, you're out of there. You're not going to the next level. We need to go to the next level. If anything, listen, the world ought to, the world that is under the power of darkness, are you listening, ought to show you that you need to be translated out of that. We need to live in the light. You need the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You need to know, go there, don't go there. Listen to this, don't listen to that. To ignore that is to our own peril. Is to be disobedient to the truth would translate into being disobedient to the spirit of truth. How many of ever had that little? Eh? How many of you have gone so far where the Holy Spirit said, "Don't say that, don't do that," and you said it anyway, and you did it, in, and you went there anyway. And you overrode the check. And you got down in there and caught heck. And the Spirit of God didn't, didn't, didn't throw you down to the ground. He just said, I tried to tell you. Now, do you, would you let me help you now? Amen. We could have missed this, but seeing as how we didn't, you know, only one of us missed it. You. But. <laughs> Oh, come on, laugh at yourself now. If you can't laugh at yourself. You know, I can't, I'll tell you, I've missed it so many times. And look, I'm still here. Amen. I mean, you know, I mean, tried my darndest, I guess, to go to hell. Amen. A time or two, you know, uh, slipped and fell all the way down, made my bed in hell. But I turned around, there was God. Amen. Say, thank God you're here, because I don't want to stay here. <laughs> Aren't you glad? I got good news you can use today. Amen. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Oh, he is such a wonderful help. Amen. Now, let's look at this. The king of Aram was furious over all this. He called his officers together and said, tell me who's leaking information to the king of Israel. One of you is a leaker. You know, the devil, uh, the 
The devil will fight with his own self. He's an accuser of the brethren, even his own brethren. Somebody leaking here. Well, and they said, well, listen. Uh, one of the men said, no, my master, dear king, dear king, dear king, it's not any of us. It's Elijah the prophet. In Israel, he tells the king of Israel everything you say, even when you whisper in your bedroom. Now, I don't know if that was true, you know, but he sure did tell him when he was going to hurt the people of God. Are you listening? The Holy Spirit just uncovered. He frustrated the way of the wicked by uncovering the plans and the plots of the wicked. Now, it says this. The king said, well, go and find out where he is, and I'll send someone, and I'll capture him. The report came back. He's in Dothan. Then he dispatched horses and chariots and impressive fighting force. I thought he said he was just going to send someone. See, even the devil knows. He ain't no match for, you know. Now, this one man, they didn't say all of Israel the trouble. They just said it's just Elijah the prophet. So he says, I'm going to send someone. Then on second thought, he goes, boy, this guy knows everything I'm doing. I mean, he just tells everything that I'm doing. God shows him everything that I'm doing. I better send overwhelming force. How many of you have ever felt overwhelmed in life? How many of you ever felt like, you know, well, congratulations to you. You ought to just thank yourself. Hey, good job, buddy. Good job. Good job. The devil's after you. Good job, buddy. Amen. The devil thinks you're dangerous. Good job. Congratulations on your promotion. Oh, did I scare some of you off there? You've been praying, God, I want to be promoted. God, I, I want to be promoted. You know, persecution comes with the promotion. Did, and let's move right along before you get unhappy about this happy good news. It says that, uh, uh, so they came by night and they surrounded the city. The devil always comes in the darkness. That's what he operates is, is in the darkness. Under the power of darkness, he, you know, surrounded the entire city. So, early in the morning, the servant of the holy man, now you know, uh, he got up and he went out and surprised horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man exclaimed, oh master, what shall we do? Now this is, uh, see, someone who's in training and he knows about God, but he's in training with someone who has some experience, who has trained with someone who knew God. So now Elisha has a, even a double portion of knowing God intimately. And so, you know, uh, he's training someone else. That's a good thing. You know, we're to be trained, and then we're to train others. Isn't that right? That's the mission of the church. Uh, that's the purpose for our life. But he goes out, you know, I mean, just gets up, probably was going out to get the firewood, you know, cold fall morning, and, and uh, you know, uh, probably was going to, you know, bring in the water where he could wash up with and all of that, and surprise, he looks up, and I mean, you know, he's surrounded. The light came, and he sees he's, they're surrounded by a, a uh, overwhelming force sent by the, uh, by the king, the enemy, and with the sole purpose of capturing uh, now, I, I like this. He didn't say, I'm going to kill him. He just wanted to capture him. I don't know what he was going to wait and, and bring him home and kill him, or but he just said, I'm going to capture him. So uh, he runs back into the master and says, what shall we do? And I love this answer because Elijah, the one who, Elisha, the one who knew God, he said this. He says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't fret. Don't fear. Don't worry about this. He said, because there are more on our side than on their side. 
Now see, here's the one, here's the natural perspective. We're surrounded and we're surprised and we have great trouble. Are you listening? But the one who's operating in the spiritual realm says, oh, don't worry about that. There are more with us than there are with them. Now here's the, here's the kicker. It says, Elijah prayed, oh God, open his eyes and let him see. See, unless those who see pray for you that you can see. Now who sees? The Holy Spirit. Jesus sees. From his perspective, there are more with you than there are against you. Even if you feel like you're surrounded, even if it is the reality that you woke up to trouble and you're surrounded by trouble and it's overwhelming force and it's more than you can handle. Are you listening? Overwhelming odds against you. Listen, Jesus is like, don't worry about it. There's more for you than there's against you. You got more, you got my blood going for you. You got that you've been translated out from underneath the pet. That has no power over you if you'll see like I see. If you'll let me tell you what I know. And if you'll trust me even though you don't understand. Lean not to your own understanding. But trust in the Lord with all of your hearts. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. And he will make straight your path. So it says that, that, and we have to pray that eyes are opened. We just prayed that prayer in Ephesians. Why is that a Bible prayer? That's the prayer of Jesus. Unless we, unless we pray it, we can't have it. We have not because we ask not. I pray that your eyes will be flooded with light. Here's a scripture for you. When the enemy comes in like a, and you can put the comma wherever you want, but if he comes in like a flood, like a flood, your eyes should be flooded with light light, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Get that again? Raise up. God just says, just come up a little higher. I want to show you what I'm seeing. I see what you're seeing in the earthly realm, the natural realm, but there's a different realm that you operate with. If you saw it like I saw, like I saw, you're, you're not, this is an opportunity for the wonder, amen, the wonders of God. And it says this, that when Elijah prayed, it says the eyes of the young man were opened and he saw a wonder. A wonder. The whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elijah. Well, the enemy surrounded Elijah and the young man, but God surrounded the enemy. And listen, and listen, now God's got the enemy between the Elijah whom he's surrounding, he surrounded the enemy. Are you listening? Who's between the proverbial rock, the rock, and the hard place? The enemy. Because you got a man that's saying, don't worry about it. They're more with us than there are them. Open his eyes. His eyes are opened up. And God had already surrounded the surrounder. See, we can say what, we can say our surroundings, but you need to lift it up a little higher. Oh, it's all right to, you know, acknowledge, yeah, I got trouble in the natural, but see, there's, I got more in the spiritual going for me than in the natural going against me. God's got this surrounded. Oh, he's got you surrounded, honey, today with his great love and power and all that he is. So it says, when the Armenians attack. See, because when you put pressure on the en- on the enemy, he'll always attack. He thinks, because all he can see is the earth realm. He still thinks he has power over you. He still thinks that he has authority over you. He still thinks he can be a tyrant over your life. So he will attack. But when he attacked, Elijah prayed again. He said, Lord, 
Make these people blind. It ain't hard to make people blind who are already blind. Amen. What did he do? He pulled them out of the natural and pulled them up into the spiritual. Are you listening? Where he had light, but they had darkness. He pulled them into the reality of the truth of God, the realm of God. Amen. Don't you think the devil ain't in the dark if he thinks he's going to conquer God who is the light? <laughs> What's the lesson in that? Don't, you know, don't talk the trouble, honey. Talk the triumph. See this from the place of victory. Speak the word and speak the word only. Tr- release your faith in God. Amen. These folks are blind as a bat. Now listen. Now watch this. I love this because it goes down here. It says, uh, when the Armenians attacked, Elisha prayed to God. He said, strike these people blind. And God struck them blind just as Elisha said. It'll be just as you say in the midst of your trouble. Then Elisha called out to them. Now here's Elijah. They came to get him and Elijah's standing out there. You know, he got this from Elijah because Elijah, remember, made fun of the prophets of Baal before he killed them all. You remember that? He mocked them and scoffed them and all of that kind of stuff. Remember, he said, you need to holler a little louder. Maybe your God's in the outhouse. Maybe he's got stomach trouble. Maybe he's nervous over what's about to happen next. No. So uh, uh, Elijah goes out, and, and he, they're all blind. So he goes, not that way, this way. I'm going to take you to the guy you're looking for. He is the guy they're looking for. He goes, come on, not this city, another city. So what's he do? He takes them. uh, uh, He led them into Samaria. And as they entered the city, Elijah prayed, oh, God, open their eyes so they could see where they are. God opened their eyes. They looked around and they were trapped in America. Oh, when God sets a trap. See, God will use the trap the enemy set for you to to snap shut on the enemy. Amen. Now look at the nature of God here because I've been in this camp, you know. Uh, He said, uh, it says, when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elijah, Father, shall I massacre the lot? Let's kill them. They're our enemy. Let's kill them. They came to kill us. Let's kill them. And uh, Elijah said, no, don't. Don't kill them, those that oppose. He said, not on your life, said Elijah. You didn't lift a hand to capture them. Now you're not going to kill them. You don't get to decide. He said, no, sir. Make a feast for them and send them back to their master. Now, here's the guy that, that, that Elijah said, don't kill them. Lead them and feed them. They're just following orders. They're just following orders. They're just following the one that they're following. Are you listening? It says, so the uh, so he prepared a huge feast for them, and after they ate and drank their fill, he dismissed them. Then they returned home to their master. The raiding bands of Aram didn't bother Israel anymore. See, God's message to Aram was, don't mess with my purpose. Don't mess with my plans. Don't mess with my man. Don't mess with my people. And the message to Aram was at any time I could have, I would have, I probably should have, but I'm going to be merciful to you. Now, what? Now, 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 the one that would change their mind will get mercy. The one that stubbornly, if they'd come again, it'd have been a different story. 
Are you listening? But you know, isn't it interesting that Jesus told us to the people that, uh, uh, you know, uh, that use and abuse you, the people that um, oppose you? He said this. He said, uh, he said, you need to pray for your enemies. He said, if they're hungry, you need to feed them. You need to lead and you need to feed them. Are you listening? You have a lot of a different opposing sides and different things that, you know, uh, happen in our world uh, today. But people need to be led and they need to be fed. They need to see the goodness of God. What would be our takeaway today? Well, to see like God sees and to see what God sees and see who God sees. I want to ask you today, either in the house or out there listening today, are you suddenly surrounded? Pastor Ron's going to come. Have there been surprise attacks on your life? You woke up to trouble, terrible trouble. I'm going to pray that God would open your eyes today and let you see. See that God is for you. See that God is with you. God doesn't run when trouble comes. Jesus is seated in the heavenly realms. And if he's seated on the throne of your heart, let me ask you, is he seated on the throne of your heart? Are you still subject to the ruler of darkness who wants to trouble you and corrupt and destroy corruption and destruction for your life? Or have you tasted and seen how good God is? He wants to turn you around. He wants to lead you into a place where he'll feed you and help you. Even though maybe you've been tricked into opposing him and opposing his will and his way for your life. God wants to rescue you. God wants to deliver you. I'm here to tell you today that God will save you and he'll do that right now here today. He wants to give you peace. Surround you on every side. Don't worry. No worries, no fear. Not here, not with Jesus. Bring you in a place where you're protected and provided for under the lordship of Jesus. Into the kingdom of his dear son where you can live in the light. I encourage you to put your trust in the king of the kingdom, of this kingdom. Get translated from the power of darkness. As here's light for you today, and it's light to live by from now on. One thing I know, you can be certain in uncertain times. And in uncertainty, you can have light to see in the midst of the darkness. You can trust Jesus. Totally trust Jesus to completely deliver you. You can trust Him right here and right now. Before I give the before we pray the sinner's prayer, I want to. I felt led, very impressed by the Spirit of God to say there is a certain person. You may be in the house. You may be out outside of the house today but there has been a surprise 
in your life and suddenly you find yourself surrounded and confusion has come. It's no little, I heard the Lord say, this is no little thing, but confusion has come and has been controlling you. And you've been asking, crying out for God's help, for clarity. Like the young man saying, what am I to do? The, the most troubling thing is that before that you were just certain that that this was God's will and God's way, but but you suddenly something has suddenly come up, and now now you feel surrounded and it's confused. It's a confusing thing, a confusing time. Confusion has come to the degree that it's been controlling you. And you've been asking for God's help, for clarity. Now let me, that's been your asking, what am I to do? But here's God's answering. Clouds are clearing upon this hearing. You know who you are. The Spirit of God is bearing witness to this truth in your heart today. Let me just tell you, don't discount yourself. Don't discount God. If this is you, just accept it. Take it. I'm telling you, there's a certainty. And there's a calming coming to you right now in the name of Jesus. A certain person. If you're ready. If you're tired of how it's been. If you're tired of bumping around, stubbing your toe, and falling down, getting tripped up in the dark, there's light for you. This word is for you. The Lord will rescue you. The Lord will lead you. The Lord will feed you. The Lord will turn you around. Turn all of your life around with a simple prayer. Put your trust in Jesus. Pray this with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Take control of my life. Lead me. I'll follow. I'll obey. I'll go with you all the way. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me with your blood. And I thank you for it. I declare, I say with my mouth what I believe in my heart. You are the Son of God. You died for me so I can live for you. Jesus is, you are now my Lord. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, congratulations. You're a miracle in the making, and it just started with the rebirth of your spirit. You've been translated out from underneath the power of darkness. Those things have no more power over you. I'll tell you, I, I firmly believe this. I hear this in my, uh, uh, in my spirit. There's some of you have been controlled with the chaos of drugs, but I'll tell you, that has no power over you any longer. All desire is going to leave you. It, it's not cold turkey. It's not the cold turkey of a, of a willpower. It is that desire. Is comp- you are going to be delivered completely right now. At the sound of these words, you, there's a work happening in your life. And you just don't want it anymore. There, it's just like you're waking up and now you see it for what it really is. 
and it has no power to control you any longer. There's someone out there that's listening to me now that you've been involved in sexual sin. You just feel like that you can't help yourself. You're absolutely controlled. Controlled. Dominated with lust. And it's causing you untold problems, not just physically, but emotionally, relationally. And the Lord says, today's your time. It's time. I'm ready. I'm ready to deliver you. And I'm going to take the word and I'm going to show you that you are a spirit. You have a soul. But you only live in that body. And that body will not control you. Neither will that spirit of lust any longer. Lord, I break the power of that in the name of Jesus. And I thank you they're set free from that. Where it's troubled every thought. A lustful thought. I thank you that they're no longer corrupted by the lust that's in this world. That spirit of lust will not control them any longer. But they are free to live in the light of God from this moment forward. In Jesus' name. And God says there's a restoration. Yeah, you've messed it up. But God says I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore relationships in your life. You're going to come clean because you are clean right now by these words that I've spoken to you, says the Lord. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. I hear the Lord say three times, finances, finances, finances. You're so worried, so concerned, so much chaos and confusion over that. But the Lord's going to show you his secret to success. He's going to show you. If you'll obey him and follow him by this time next year, by this time next year. Now, you're saying, God, I need it now. Now we're going to start one step. We're going to take a step. We're going to begin to obey God. And where you've been confused about what's up and what's down and have been up and down, have been all around and just find yourself in the same circle, only bigger, more in debt, more worry, more concern. It's controlled you. The Lord says, I'm about to take control if you'll give me control and we're going to bring some control into that situation and great peace is going to come. I'm going to cause a prosperity in your life and I'm going to bring great peace. And now listen, the, the evidence, the proof of, of that God's going to do what he says right now, peace is flooding over you. Peace is coming to you. Waves of peace are going to wash over you. Where, where you don't even want to look at, at the bills. You don't want to look at uh, the finances. Because there's fear. God says, I'm going to cause faith to come. I'm going to say some things. You're going to hear some things. You're going to see some things. And I'm going to bring light at the end of this dark, dark tunnel. It's always been this way for you. But God says, it's going to be another way starting today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, as you minister to your people. Listen, if that's you, tell us. The Bible says that uh, we should tell of the great things that God has done for us. I know he's done wonderful things uh, here today, uh, both near and far. There are those that are in here right where we are, right where you are. The Lord loves you. The Lord's going to take care of you. Trust in him with all of your heart. Until the next time, we look forward to being with you again. Remember this, you are so very blessed, so you be at rest. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. 
For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. 